Welcome to 5 Minutes in Church History, hosted by Dr. Stephen Nichols, where we take a little break from the present to go exploring the past. Travel back in time as we look at the people, events, and even the places that have shaped the story of Christianity. This is our story, our family history. Let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of 5 Minutes in Church History. Today we're going to be visiting with William Wilberforce, He was born in 1759, and he died in 1833. A significant date in his life, though, is 1807. But first, we need to learn a little bit more about him. He comes from the coastal port town of Hull, and he comes from wealth. His father died when he was only nine years old, and he went from Hull, which was rather a good distance north of London, sent down to the big city of London to live with his extended family. They had a home there in London, and they also had a home in a village that was a little bit outside of the city, a little village known as Wimbledon. These days, the city of London has grown and, of course, encompasses Wimbledon, but was a little bit more pastoral in Wilberforce's day. While he was staying with that family, there was an aunt that had a significant influence on him, And she, as we can understand, was likely led to Christ by the ministry of the great revivalist of the Great Awakening, George Whitfield. And she was a substantial supporter of George Whitfield, and it was in this family that Wilberforce had his early exposure to Christianity. Doesn't seem that he was all that receptive to the gospel, though, at this point in his life. And a few years later, in 1776, while I think one of the colonies of Britain was beginning to assert its independence, William Wilberforce headed to Cambridge. While he was at Cambridge, he was a fellow classmate with William Pitt. This is William Pitt II. His father was prime minister, and William Pitt II would go on to be the future prime minister. And there they were, classmates together at Cambridge. In 1780, William Wilberforce took his first seat as a member of parliament. Now, he had finished his bachelor's degree, but he was still uh, working on his master's degree at Cambridge. And so for the next several years, he was engaged both as a student and as a parliamentarian. Well, in 1784, he took a trip through the continent. And the folks he was traveling with were all Christians, and they were recommending reading to him. He was reading the great Puritan Philip Doddridge and As he was reading, he came under a heavy gospel influence. He started reading his Bible in the mornings, and it was during this trip and through all this reading that he was converted. In 1787, we have another significant moment in Wilberforce's life. Here, Thomas Clarkson, one of his Cambridge classmates, met up with him. Clarkson had just published an essay against England's slave trade, and he was able to convince Wilberforce that this was a cause worth fighting for. In fact, it was in his journal about this time that Wilberforce wrote this, God Almighty has set before me two great objects, the suppression of the slave trade and the reformation of manners. Now, at the time, manners meant more like moral reform, than just as we would understand manners. And so Wilberforce set himself to these two tasks. By 1789, he was making speeches in Parliament, and then he was introducing bills to abolish the slave trade. It was not well received, but that did not deter Wilberforce. He kept at it. And a long time later, for 18 years, Wilberforce labored, and finally in 1807, the law was passed that abolished the slave trade. Of course, Wilberforce wasn't done there, so now he applied his energy to abolishing slavery itself. 
And this he was not able to see, as it occurred just after his death in 1834. Well, if we back up in Wilberforce's life, it is a well-known story, but it bears repeating. When he was first converted, he came under the influence of John Newton himself, who was uh, rather closely related to the slave trade and then gloriously converted and the author, of course, of Amazing Grace. William Wilberforce, when he was first converted, thought maybe he should become a pastor and that would be a better use of his efforts. And John Newton encouraged him to stay where he was, that God had gifted him and that God had put him there so that he could be of use in this time in his service. And so Wilberforce stayed. He stayed where he was and he served God where he was. I'm Steve Nichols. Thanks for joining us for 5 Minutes in Church History.